0: Hey, folks! It's Dr. Sam, and I want to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast. And today we have a very, very special show. I am actually giving a State of the Union on how I see eye care and healthcare for 2021, and this is part of a presentation I gave recently to the gold package participants of the vision summit but i wanted to share it with the entire community so i hope you enjoy the show good morning everybody nice to have you with me and uh, i i've got some uh some opening remarks and then uh, we'll definitely have time to take as many questions as we can. Wow, what a what a vision summit wasn't that amazing? I was so uh, pleased on what the speakers were able to present and uh, just the the reverberations from that uh, presentation was really, really great. Uh, People love the educational material. Uh, There was a lot of follow up. And um, so I was really, really, really glad the way it came out. And um, so we'll, we'll just move forward. So today, I wanted to give a few remarks on I call the state of the union, the state of the union of how I see eye care, and also overall healthcare, you know, we're in a public health crisis we've been that way actually for a very long time it's just uh things came to the surface last march and uh um let's see here i'm gonna just mute everybody so that uh thank you so that uh i want to give my and how i see it as we move forward and um you know the first thing i want to say is that uh I think that uh, with the amount of screen time that we're all using, and it's been amplified, obviously, since COVID, that uh, in my community, um, I'm getting more and more complaints of eye strain, red eyes, difficulties with sleep, and even an acceleration in uh, visual deterioration, whether it's eye disease, or just, you know, more dependency on glasses, uh, neck and shoulder pain, uh, even, you know, emotionally and mentally having to be on the screen for so long is really uh, challenging people. For those of you that uh, may not know this, but if you go to my Clarity blog, uh, I did a series of three uh, articles on how the online school format is affecting our children. So those of you that maybe either have children, or grandchildren, the amount of uh, stress that our children are experiencing by having to sit in front of a screen, six to eight hours a day, and I'm talking about, you know, even young kids, uh, this is a this is really uh, becoming a problem. And um, so we've got that side of the age spectrum. But then we've got, you know, people probably more on this, uh, on this call, who are elders, who are trying to navigate how to even, you know, use their digital devices. Because really, that's their main lifeline to relationships, um, information. And uh, so I guess, um, you know, there's some interesting statistics that, you know, I've known about for a long time. Uh, One of the statistics is that macular degeneration, this is um, this is really becoming an epidemic. Um, 96 million people diagnosed with uh, macular degeneration in 2020. And the projections are 288 million will be diagnosed by the year 2040. 10% of those are usually in the wet macular degeneration uh, category, it may even be higher. Uh, but macular degeneration, especially if you're over uh, 70, seems to be Uh, a growing concern, and I'll address some of the the causes and of course, what we can do for it. Another big condition that's going on is cataracts. And I would say that uh, the number of people that uh, are diagnosed with cataracts, mm, I would say if you're over 65, you're looking at somewhere between 80 to 90% very high number of people. Now, cataract surgery is the safest surgery out there. But um, there are things that you can do to prevent, reverse, and be more proactive in your lens health. And uh, it can be something as simple as, you know, changing your diet, eliminating uh, sugar, gluten, dairy, um, you know, and getting more oxygenation and hydration into the lens of the eye through eye drops and and other things but uh, that is certainly uh, on the radar for many many people another condition that seems to be growing is glaucoma and this is a silent disease you know I've talked about this many times that really glaucoma reflects a an imbalance in your vascular health. So somewhere in your brain, eye, uh, and even in systemic uh, circles, your your blood vessel health is not uh, optimal. And this starts to create a reduction in peripheral vision, optic nerve disease. And um, it's a very, you know it's a very serious condition. Unfortunately, the alternatives of eye drops, pharmaceutical eye drops, and, you know, laser surgery really are just treating symptoms. And um, so I want to want to connect in with that for a minute. Um, and then we can move to other eye surgery procedures like LASIK surgery. Um, and I know a lot of you probably aren't, you know, interested or, or want to go into LASIK surgery. But I read that they're now doing like 40 million procedures a year of LASIK surgery. I mean, it's a huge um, surgical procedure that's probably more in the world of, um, um, you know, elective surgery, uh, but people are really going for it. But the amount of side effects and secondary uh, situations that occur from LASIK surgery, And if there is a monovision, we're correcting one eye for distance and one eye for near. This really, uh, again, creates a lot of confusion in, you know, your probably most dominant sense of seeing and learning and moving and relating. Um, And then we can bring in uh, just myopia, you know, more and more people are becoming myopic. another really wild statistic that I read is four over 4 billion people are now using uh, the internet. So, you know, with that's, that's double the eyes that were confined to looking at 20 inches or 14 inches uh, from, you know, our face, whether it's a phone or a, a screen tablet or, or computer. And um, our vision is getting more and more boxed in, locked down, uh, tunneled, and um, when we start, uh, you know, really addressing uh, myopia, then we bring in something called astigmatism, which is another, um, you know, distortion that creates a kind of an, an irregular shape in the eye, but it's a twist. That also mirrors or echoes in our body, in our body posture, and and um, so there's there's those uh, those conditions that are um, increasing. So in 2021, I have I want to address a few themes that I think are going to be uh, really part of our. Uh, roadmap in developing not only better eye health but you know those of you that know me i'm very involved in naturopathic medicine acupuncture functional medicine and i see the eyes as a kind of an indicator on what's going on in our systemic and metabolic health so if i had to say in 2021 what would be some major themes Uh, around your health, it would be personal empowerment, that you are um, looking for information to contribute to a better wellness quotient. And certainly you can go to a doctor. But the trend that I see is that first of all, if you're going to an allopathic doctor, and you're holistically minded, you're probably not going to get a lot of your needs met. And um, you're going to have to, you know, pick and choose whatever whatever information uh, he or she may be offering you. And then, of course, in eye care, um, it can be even more bleak because the people that follow me uh, are really interested in how can we take better care of our eyes and not just shove them into a a place of deterioration and um, degradation. So personal empowerment is about, okay, I need to do my own research, I need to maybe find a healthcare advocate that I can run these ideas off of. And um, if if you're uh, so inclined to do that, I think that you could really take your health to a new level. The second theme that I would stroke here in 2021 is developing more resiliency on a cellular level. Now, what does that mean? It means that you're starting to pay more attention to your nutrient absorption, um, your microbiome, Uh, you know, a lot of the functional medicine doctors over the years have talked about the biome and the the cultivation of the healthy bacteria in our bodies Uh, one of the i think results of what's coming out of covid at least from a more natural holistic perspective is that this whole virus situation at some level is reflecting an imbalance in the microbiome in on the earth especially in the soils Uh, the soil getting depleted, the air getting more polluted, um, and the pesticide use. And there are more and more people waking up to the fact that we don't want to do GMO, we don't want pesticides in our foods. Um, You know, we're moving more into plant based uh, type diets, where our nutritional uh, sourcing is more regional or local. And um, I think that these things can support better cellular absorption of nutrients, which in turn, uh, improves our detoxification pathways, which in turn reduces our inflammation. Um, And I think that resiliency is defined as how well can I navigate all these different factors and influences that are, you know, we're being inundated with. And so then the question becomes in, you know, how can I boost my immune system and my innate immune system? You know, the eye actually has its own immune health. I've talked about this, it's a combination of the better the immune health, the better the lymphatic health. And this is why some people that do the MSM eye drops, if they do too many of the Eye drops too quickly, um, their detoxification pathways get overloaded or overwhelmed. And this um, creates an, an intermittent kind of blurriness cloudiness. And so they have to cut back on the detoxification to allow their detoxification pathways to, uh, to work more efficiently. And when we bring in things like inflammation and stress, um, endocrine imbalances. um, These all of these factors begin to affect our innate immune system. And um, then we're relying on our adaptive immune response, which is about, you know, the the things that occur when we are um, confronted with new bacteria, viruses, fungal uh, situations. So what is it that we can do to self regulate um, and navigate um, the biome, the biome in us and the biome in Mother Earth. And this is where plant based medicines come in, you know, we had um, a couple of the speakers, I think the herbal remedies and even just the topical herbal uh, compresses are quite effective when you compare it to using immune suppressant drugs or you're using glaucoma medications that have a lot of side effects or you're doing uh you know the the injections for macular degeneration and all the side effects that are created from those so we need to develop this resiliency which uh, goes along with our self-regulation capability how can we regulate ourselves based on stress, trauma, toxicity, and, um, and then there's the emotional piece, Uh, you know, a lot of people that I start working with carry, uh, and understandably, so a lot of the emotion fear in their eyes. And when we start really amping up the emotional fear, uh, especially in our vision, what we focus on tends to multiply and of course this starts us down the road of deterioration so finding ways to reduce your fears around not only your eyes but your overall health um, i think is another factor you know um, so this is this is one of the the aspects the emotional aspects we don't really talk about this in allopathic medicine very much. But we do know that there's a psycho emotional and psycho spiritual aspect to our bodies. And the better our energy flow is, um, the better our physical body is going to be. And this has been proven time and time again, in Chinese medicine and Taoist medicine, uh, the practices of things like Tai Chi and Qigong Gong, yoga. Uh, so these are these are some of the things that, um, you know, we can take a look at. So trends in eye care, one of the main trends that the question that I keep getting is stem cell therapy. So so for people that have had an insult or an injury or a degeneration in their eye, more and more research is being done on stem cell. In fact, the National Eye Institute in 2020 uh, did a clinical trial with cell therapy, uh, stem cell therapy, as it related to the dry form of macular degeneration. And um, the preliminary results um, are very favorable. Um, so I think that uh, over the next year or two, I think stem cell therapy could become more available available. Again, um, right now there, uh, there's a number of uh, researchers really focused on stem cell therapy as it relates to retina loss. Um, And so, stay tuned for that but I but I think that, um, again, Harvard, National Eye Institute, um, and there are a couple of other uh, well respected research facilities where stem cell for the eyes is definitely uh, coming into play. Now, another thing that I see in the future is the fact that I think that uh, more of the herbal uh, remedies for eye health are going to come forward in 2021 you know, I think people are getting more and more educated about the value and the power in how the plants are here to help us. You know, one of the places that I'm spending some time right now is in plant based um, makeup for, um, for people for women mostly, but eyeliner, uh, mascara, and the skin around the eyes. And I'm talking to some different um, farmers and uh, uh, local, local manufacturers on how can we bring more of this natural plant based uh, type uh, product to the marketplace, you know, right now, most of the, um, you know, the eye care Products as it relates to makeup and and um, that particular field, a lot of those things have very very negative um, effects, especially when you take a look at conditions like meibomian gland dysfunction or dry eye or blepharitis or even corneal problems that can't be solved. That if you move to more plant based type um, um, therapies in and around the eyes, uh, you have a great chance of reversing uh, a lot of these um, conditions. Another trend I see in 2021 is the utilization of more light therapy, light and color therapy. And uh, this is in combination with the possibility of using light and sound. Uh, for those of you that do uh, we're on the on the summit, uh, listening to Dr. Scott Levine. He brought in many different um, types of technology now that are being used to not only change our brain waves, but also have a very positive fe- effect on our sensory uh, motor systems, our visual auditory systems. So I think you're going to see that. You're also going to see, The introduction of near infrared light as a way to treat uh, different conditions on the skin in the body and even possibly in the eyes. So um, I'm going to be talking more about that. Another trend that I see is uh, there's going to be more written about the effects of blue light. Um, You know, when I talk to regular eye doctors, they're still not uh, on board. Uh, about the negative effects of blue light on our eyes. And I think that, um, you know, that's going to be uh, another interesting topic as, for example, if somebody has cataract surgery, that they are also putting in a blue blocker in that lens, as well as, you know, the ultraviolet protection. Right now, in many of the intraocular lenses that are, inserted in the eye of cataract surgery, um, there is no blue light protection. And this opens you up to a lot of other issues, especially the macular degeneration uh, situation. And then I think the last thing that uh, I can see in 2021 is how much more adept we're going to become around our nutrition. And um, not only for the eyes, but I also think in the entire body, you know, that part of this whole COVID thing, one of the aspects is being able to um, increase and improve our intestinal health and uh, more ways to do gentle detoxification um, to replenish and regenerate the intestinal health. Because of the connection between our intestinal health and our eye brain health. So we'll, we'll stay, we'll stay tuned for those, uh, those things. So um, at this point, um, if you want to uh, put your question into the chat. I also have um, a number of questions that people have emailed me, so I will do my best to uh, answer these. Um, and um, we'll just kind of go in to it feel free if you want to you can type your message in the chat and uh, I'm happy to um, to try to help you so um, the first question I want to take is um, about MSM And, um, you know, it's interesting, um, the more people are using the MSM drops, the more questions we get. And uh, so this one question is please explain how to use MSM drops and how to know if you're using too much too fast. Um, You're detoxing mold in the brain, which has affected your eyes. Okay, right on. Well, there's a term that I like to use called titration. And titration means that I am directing my, uh, my treatment, whatever I'm giving myself in my body in a way where I'm starting off with a very low dose and I'm watching the response that my body gives me. Listen, my body is going to talk to me. And you know, the choices are major reaction. Um, is overwhelming. Another response could be nothing, I'm not getting any response, or I'm getting something that feels really, really good. So what first of all, you have to take a look at uh, where you are in the the spectrum of your own um, resource. So in other words, there's some people that they've been under chronic stress for so many years, that the resources in their body are depleted. And if you fall into that category, then there's very little resource for you to manage intense treatments. And that includes detoxification. You know, in order to detox, you have to have a general primary energy that you can call upon. Because in order to detox, you have to have energy. Now, if you're in a depleted state, the very best place for you to start would be to to introduce some therapeutic influence, that's very small and gentle, so that you can start to build your resources. You know, the energy of your body is your health savings account. And in order for you to make big changes, you have to have a full health savings account, which is your energy. So in addressing this, um, I think that the the best way to start with MSM, as it relates to your eyes, is initially get a compress or a a cloth that's soft that you you wet. And then you put a couple of drops on that wet compress and you put it on the eyelids. So the eyelids are like a, a type of window blind. Some of the light gets through some of the whatever you put on the eyelid is going to get through, but you are titrating the amount and it may be you do this twice a day and you do it for three days and you watch what your body's response is. Now, you may get redness, you may get skin irritation, you may get nothing. Okay, so that's going to tell you something. If, it, if you don't get any response or reaction, that doesn't mean that nothing is happening. It just means that things are changing for you in a very slow way. And you know, this health game takes patience. This is a patience game. If you wanna, if you wanna explore the more holistic, natural uh, paradigm, Patience is an essential ingredient, and it may be that if you've got very extreme symptoms, you may need to at least initially combine the more traditional treatments with the natural treatments, and then you can start weaning yourself off the pharmaceuticals into more of the natural remedies. So what I would say about this uh, situation with the mold and the MSM and your detoxification question, I would do three days of the compress twice a day with the MSM on the eyelids. If you're doing well after that, then the next step would be to put one drop in the corners of each eye with the eyes closed and do the eye massage where you're taking the drop and you're massaging it into the eyelids and the eyelashes. And see what that response is. Do that for another three days. Then you can up it to twice a, a twice a day. Another three days. If you're not having any reactions, then maybe you can do that treatment three times a day instead of twice a day. So, that would be, um, you know, that that would be the the scenario. And also, the other thing is if you're dealing with floaters really the the MSM percentage that you want to use is the 15%. Now, again, that's going to be stinging for you. Some people will say I love the stinging. I love it. Others say this freaks me out. You know, again, how much trauma have we absorbed in our eyes? Um, You know, I have people that just take their glasses off. And that's trauma enough because they're in blur. And That is a very scary place for them. So again, looking at where you are in your own resource level. And then from that place. Play with the edge of, okay, I want to create a challenge, but I don't want to overwhelm. So if you're doing the floater protocol and you're using the 15% MSM again, start with the eyelids on the eyelids. And then once you get used to it, you can start putting the 15% into your eyes. Again, you may have like a 70% chance of reducing the floaters, but we don't know. We don't know. Um, So that's, uh, that's my response to that. All right, let's go to Susan. She's got a bunch of stuff here. My nephew has optic neuritis and became blind in one eye overnight in August, 2019. His eyesight never came back, um, despite the doctor saying over 90% recover. Can this blindness be re- reversed? He's not doing anything now. Any suggestions? Well, um, you know, the first thing I would say is, is that it, where where is he in the natural uh natural therapy world. Um there is certainly a very strong connection to um our nutrition, our diet, as it relates to things like optic neuritis. Second of all, maybe going to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor to seeing what what was the cause of optic neuritis? Was it a trauma? Was it a, um, a virus that he caught? Um, you know, what was behind this very extreme, uh, inflammatory situation in the optic nerve? Um, I think the thing to address would be, you know, in, you can get something called an OCT test, and this is a, you don't have to dilate the eyes, but you can get an assessment on the physical health of the tissue of the cells uh, of the optic nerve. And, you know, there's a difference between optic nerve disease where the tissue is damaged versus whether it's dead. And that would be an important question to know. I mean, the doctors are saying he has over a 90% recover recovery. So, um, where is he at? Is there, is there dead tissue? Is it just, uh, degenerative tissue? Um, and then another condition, another aspect of that is, is he able to see light through that eye that that's blinded? Is he able to see form? Okay. So those would be some things, or is it completely black? Is it completely dull? Um, So those would be some other things to assess. Hopefully he's got some light perception. He's got some form perception. Um, And then the next thing to consider would be, um, you know, what's the state of the other eye? So is if, if the other eye is seeing normally, then start doing some eye exercises with that eye. uh, But, but don't patch. <clears throat> Don't patch the eyes, and maybe some of the exercises, like in my in my uh, program, like the animal eye chart, um, like the long swings, <clears throat> the um, the eye tracing exercise. <clears throat> so, in other words, getting him to start to engage his eyes in a stimulating way, his his the eye that's not blind, and see if he can begin to get some vision back in the other eye, you know, uh, Susan, there was a a boy that I worked with about a year ago, who had a very similar situation, he went blind in one eye, and the doctors could not find, you know, any permanent damage. And when he came to see me, I diagnosed him as what we call hysterical blindness and he'd had some birth trauma, he was partly autistic. And we started to do vision therapy, we did prisms on him, we, uh, we did a lot of vestibular stimulating things. Um, and he would get flashes of usable vision in in the eye that was blind. In fact, there were times when that eye would actually come back completely. And then it would go away again. So we just kept introducing eye stimulation activities with him. We took off the pressure of any expectation. We also did things like craniosacral therapy um, and essential oils, worked on his diet, and he still comes and goes with this hysterical blindness. But it was one of those cases where physically everything was fine. But our vision, uh, definitely, his vision definitely would shut down. And uh, there was no physical reason. It was more of a psycho emotional reason. So you definitely can regenerate it, you definitely can bring it back. But you're going to have to do some detective work here and uh, try some of these things to see if they help. All right. Now, another aspect of what you're asking has to do with dry eye syndrome, and you need surgery every year or two uh, versus using plasma or buying Rx eye drops, you had laser surgery, LASIK in 2011, which can lead to some dry eye. Um, To my knowledge, I have nothing wrong with my thyroid. Do you have any protocol to reverse this condition? It's a result of LASIK surgery. Well, I think it's a combination of really, really boosting your fats and oils um, using both the homeopathic eye drops. You could use Optique or similiacin in combination with the 5% MSM. Somebody asked a question about combining MSM with castor oil. And uh, so the way that works is you use the MSM during the day. And in your last installation of the MSM, get some hexane-free organic castor oil, put it on your fingers, massage it into the eyelids, and um, that would be another real great moisturizing situation. Also, you might consider the the chamomile uh, um, eye compress that we learned at the Vision Summit. That could be very soothing for you. You're going to have to really introduce a lot of lubrication and hydration on a kind of more in the natural eye drop world. You're going to need to do that, and it may be using six to eight to ten drops a day. Um, You're going to have to monitor your screen time. So obviously, you know, the blue blockers. And then I would start in on the dry eye, eye clarity, 90 day protocol, all of those exercises that would help you discharge the stress from your eyes. Another thing you could consider would be getting some regular acupuncture to see if you could get more circulation into this area. Um, You know, again, with Lasik surgery, because there's a change in the cornea, the integrity of the cornea, um, you're now dealing with a physical change. So you're going to have to you know, really be aggressive at using these natural remedies to see if you can neutralize some of the effects of what what LASIK surgery did to the cornea. Okay, planetary priestess. I, I. Okay, so yes, I think I did talk about that. The recipe, yes. So again, with the castor oil, you don't want to put it directly in the eye. And it's a technique called layering where you're using the MS drops, MSM drops into the eye first, waiting about 20 or 30 seconds, and then uh, massaging the the castor oil into the eyelids. When you massage the MSM into the eyelids, um, you are then getting that combination of the sulfur, which is great as a detoxifier and the castor oil, which is lubricating, hydrating, moisturizing. So it's not difficult. There's nothing really fancy about it. You're just putting one in after the other and um, that's basically the uh, program. Now, another thing you could do with the, the castor oil if you wanted to is you could put the castor oil in first thing in the morning. So depending on the dryness that you're dealing with, I think that um, that would be another application of it. You know, I've had patients where they'll actually apply the castor oil on the eyelids three times a day. So that is definitely a possibility for you. um, If you, you know, if your mom really has that that much dryness. So try those things and see if um, see if that would help. All right, let's go to Sean, who's asking a question about, I know it's better to sleep. I would like to know if it's better to sleep on my back to try and prevent further vitreous detachment. I have a mirage-like area in the small spot that comes and goes. Also, carotid artery ultrasound was recommended. Um, all right, so first of all, um, sleeping. Yes, I actually think it's better to sleep on your side and not on your back. Um, Probably the most aggressive way to reduce the vitreous detachment is to increase the collagen health in the vitreous gel, and this is gonna be collagen throughout the entire body. And so, um, hyaluronic acid, MSM, um, the 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 broths, the bone broth or veggie broth. I don't know what your, um, you know, your orientation is around uh, animal products and things like that. But you've got to hydrate the vitreous and you've got to improve the collagen health. In addition, I think the eye exercises that help discharge the stress in your eyes also contribute And I think targeting the vitreous by doing uh, specific acupuncture points that go to the eyes would also be very helpful. I don't think the sleep position is the game changer here. I think it's the integrity and the health of your collagen in your entire body, including the vitreous, you know, blue blockers. Um, Also, another thing about this is your dental health, your head trauma history, I think continually working with discharging, releasing all the trauma in and around the eyes, even if it's something like emotional freedom technique or um, uh, craniosacral therapy. Um, hypnotherapy, any ways that you can get to the more unconscious or subconscious patterns that are inhibiting uh, proper eye hygiene, nutrition, um, and absorption of nutrients. Obviously, you really want to do great eye nutrients into your body. And, uh, you know, the vitreous needs things like, um, the, the vitamin A, the B complex, um, there's something called tocotrienols, which is a form of vitamin E. If you get it in the tocotrienol form, that is also very beneficial for your vitreous health. And then of course the, the carotenoids, lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin, super high, powerful, um, carotenoids and your trace minerals so important magnesium selenium um, and glutathione I think the glutathione is another um, antioxidant that I would include in a supplement so important for detoxification and overall health okay let's go on Okay, how would you test for mold? Well, um, there, there are different ways to do this. Um, you can you can actually google how to get a mold test and you can do a home test if you want to. That would be one way to do it. If you do have some type of a relationship which with a, with a naturopathic physician or a functional medicine doctor, even some Chinese medicine doctors or herbalists, they might be able to order the test for you and give you the results. I think another aspect of wet AMD is how much dairy you're in, you know, ingesting, eliminating dairy. Um, Another factor is A lot of people with wet AMD are pre-diabetic. There's a very similar uh, scenario that occurs in the retina if you've got diabetic retinopathy or you've got wet macular degeneration. So monitoring your glucose tolerance levels. Um, Another marker that shows up in the blood if you get a blood test is your what we call your homocysteine level. And when that level is high, there is more of a chance for eye problems, and inflammatory disease. So, um, and I would bring in another factor with wet AMD and that is what we call the leaky gut syndrome and candida. So, you know, there's a lot here to unpack. There are home home tests that you can use, or you can find a professional to help you administer the test. And then from that place, you can you can see if there is mold and then how to get rid of it. All right, Catherine's been uh, asked the question, I've been doing the exercises since the summit using the MSM 5% just for a few days, I feel a little difference, but I'm only using one eye. Why? Why would I get only in one eye worse than the other? I'm going very slowly with the drops, just two times a day. Well, I think you ought to put the drops in both eyes. I would do a lot more of the eye patch work, um, the dialogue, and the animal eye chart. So, in other words. What's going on here is there's an imbalance functionally and how you bring both eyes to the world. And it may be that one of your eyes that's blurrier is the eye that's overworked. A lot of times that's the case. You know we think about why is this eye more blurry uh, because it's being used more? The other eye, which is clear, is not being used as much. And spending you know fifteen to thirty minutes a day alternating, and learning about the consciousness of each eye. Um, it, it may be that the eye is, that's more blurry is the eye that's more sensitive, or it's the eye that sees more in an intuitive psychic way. Remember, the right eye crosses over to the left brain, the left eye crosses over to the right brain, the masculine feminine situation through eye dialogue. So you know, you're going to go through different gyrations of changes to get to the finish line of having the clarity that you're looking for. It sounds like your eyes are trying to recalibrate that there's some push pull going on. And I would consider using the eye drop uh, the eye patch more using the eye drops in both eyes, uh, maybe doing with the um, eye drop, do the massage and maybe do the eye bath once a day, and just track that, you know, one of the one of the mistakes that we make is that we think that if I start doing these things, there's going to be an immediate improvement. But we don't recognize that we've probably been in this soup for a very long time. And we're now introducing positive therapeutic things. But we're coming from such a far place You know, in the back, because we've been in this situation for a few months or even a few years. Give it time. Be patient with it. Use it as an inquiry to learn about your own relationship with your eyes. The value judgment that you make about blurred vision. We all make a judgment on blurred vision that something is wrong. You know, maybe blurred vision is about letting go, softening, relaxing, becoming more receptive. I'll never forget, I was working with uh, somebody who had a very blurry eye and she had a lot of judgment on it. And one day she had this epiphany that that was the eye that saw in a more intuitive way. And once she recognized that, the blurriness started to dissolve. So in other words, she reframed that, ah, the blurriness gives me softness. It gives me insight. It gives me a whole new way of relating and interacting, and it's going to activate that part of the brain. Follow that theme, follow that uh, thread. So keep going, Catherine, you're going the right way. All right. So, uh we've got a a comment about trauma and myopia. um, And the repression of memories, traumatic memory is from the muscle tissue. Um, So depending on the amount of myopia, I mean, if we have over four diopters of myopia, then there was a pretty extreme defense uh, reaction to some kind of invasion confusion, um, instability, something going on. You know, a question I would put to the group is how old were you when you got your first prescription? And when you go back to that time, that's going to uncover what it is that you may have been dealing with. It could have been, I moved to a new school or my friends made fun of me because I got my first pair of glasses or I got a D in art. And this really created a trauma around my creativity, or my parents got divorced, or, you know, whatever it is, to take a look at that, that snapshot, what happened during that year, when your eyes became myopic. And then when you start doing the dialogue with the plus lens to blur, that is an alchemical reaction to go in the eye and some of the energy that was absorbed or internalized can start to come out, can start to be released. And this is where we can start to see the trauma. Basically, trauma is just a paralyzed uh, part of the tissue. So there's a paralysis in the tissue that begins to get uncovered when you give it attention and life. And you don't necessarily have to keep going back and revisiting the story. It's more about tracking the energetics of it. And when you do that, the release can occur. You can also associate the trauma with a certain thought pattern, something like I had to make myself small, or I needed to protect myself because dot, 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 or, um, I really don't trust what I see. So I have to tighten up to, you know, might be getting great to write out many of those, you know, comments based on, um, you know, what is uncovered when you start, you know, asking those questions to your eyes. Okay. So again with the floaters, um, I would consider the 15% and if the burning is really difficult, put the 15% in and then put the 5% right in afterwards that will take the burning away. But remember with floaters, it is definitely um, layered There, there can be many reasons why we develop floaters. And there's one part of the floaters that I haven't talked about very much, but I think I'll address it with this group, um, Catherine and Nancy. And that has to do with um, the emotions connected to the floater. So in other words, if you can somatically connect emotionally, what does this floater represent to me? And you can really go into the emotions of it it can release the energy. And I've had people call me and say, my floaters are gone now because I dealt with the emotional aspects. For some reason, floaters can be extremely frustrating, extremely disconcerting. And so going into those particular emotional energies could be the key, combining it with the 15% MSM that will get you to release the, um, uh, the floaters to dissolve them. So, uh, Sean is asking about her technique with the MSM and closed eyes, the spiral exercise and the O sound. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so you're combining the agents that moisturize and detox, meaning the MSM and castor oil, and you're doing some sound and energetic into your eyes. That combination is really, really good. You can keep the, the wet cloth on the eyes anywhere between 30 seconds and a minute. If wet AMD means damp eye, it seems counterintuitive to add MSM to hydrate the eye. So What we have to do is we have to create a movement of the fluid. And, you know, if you were going to put, you know, 20 drops in your eyes, I could see where more dampness, but part of what the MSM does because of the sulfur molecule, sulfur is like sticky flypaper. And if you were to put a drop or two into the eye with wet AMD, What I see is, is the sulfur molecule, um, attaches itself to the, the toxin or the excess fluid, and it gets to be flushed out of the body. So you're not using a high amount of MSM, but the sulfur in the MSM can sometimes move the edema or the fluid away from the eye. And um, that's what I'm talking about, you know, where you get involved in the dampness is dairy, is inflammatory foods, stress, um, intestinal inflammation, those are the things that are going to lock down the dampness, but the sulfur is there to begin to move the oxidative stress or whatever is keeping the fluid locked down, move it out. So that's what I mean by that. So somebody is asking about uh, dorzolamide. If you're taking any medications, wait 20 minutes, and then you can use the MSM. And as long as you wait 20 minutes, you'll still get the benefits of the uh, dorzolamide. And you'll be able to neutralize those with the MSM eye drops. Yeah, I think going without the glasses, going without your contacts in non demanding situations, what I have seen is that people will improve their vision by taking that. Um, that lens off so remember any lens you get from a regular eye doctor is going to embed and lock in the pattern that's just the way it is so when you start taking those lenses off then um, what we can do is say ah, we can release those and by doing that um, the eyes start to flex into more clarity all right last question How can we submit questions for you? Is there a way to have a one-on-one virtually for any additional questions? A fee, of course. All right. So a couple ways to do that. You can send your questions to hello at drsamburn.com, And on my podcast, I can let you know whether I can answer them there. That's free. Another way is through Facebook Live. So that's a QA and uh, a usually Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. That's another way that you could submit questions for free. And if you want to do more of a, a paid type of a process, uh, contact Charlie at appointments at drsamburn.com, and um, she can go over the different strategies on how to do that. One last point before we end today, I want to let you know about my Upcoming educational offerings, February twentieth. I'm going to be doing a two-hour intensive eye uh, class, and you know everybody asks me the same question: Was well, it the same class every time? The answer is no. It's a different class every time because I require each participant to send me a que- to send back a questionnaire because I want to know what they are dealing with. And based on what they're dealing with, I create the class based on their needs. So each class is unique. It's different. It's individualized. The other thing I'm going to do based on popular demand is May, I'm going to do an advanced vision exploration. So this is for those of you that want to go deep. Um, It's a four hour um, class. We, We meet once a week for four weeks, you're gonna get a handbook, you'll get um, videos before uh, before each class, and there's a lot of other perks as well. Um, and you're also gonna get a copy of my new book, I Sense at Play in the Field of Healing, which I'm gonna be releasing uh, probably the end of May. So you'll get a copy of that new book. And um, if you want a deeper experience, in improving your vision that this is the class people complain that on the retreat weekend, there's a lot of time to stare at a computer. So what we're doing is we're breaking it into smaller segments, and then that way. Um, uh, you'll be able to really go deeply in improving your vision Now you're going to have to do about 30 minutes of exercises every day. Uh, if you take this uh, workshop. So, you know, be ready because there's big change on the horizon if you decide you want to do it. All right, I, um, <laughs> all right, I, we'll check into uh, being able to extend uh, the recordings. We'll see about that. And um, I'm going to sign off everybody. I want to thank you for joining me today. Again, we will be putting this up on YouTube. Uh, you should get an email with a link. Um, hopefully within the next 24 hours. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, take care.